Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. Thank you guys for coming on the Talking Story podcast. It's been so cool to be here in Colorado Springs and to see your training facility. One of your guys kind of led me throughout a course of self-defense, which he asked me, have I ever taken any self-defense classes? And I said, long time ago, but that training and that just bought muscle memory is so important. And so he spent about an hour as we kind of learned self-defense tactics and learned the four A's, which I hope you'll talk about um, on this podcast. But also just to see your guys' hearts to um, help others has been really inspiring. And um, Victor, I know I first met you way back when in a teenage youth <laughs> retreat camp and you shared your testimony and my gosh that's like a whole different podcast which we're not going to take the time to podcast and so we're just going to point people to your movie yeah. because I think your movie um, my both my dad and I watched it as soon as you left Hawaii oh. a few months ago we had to rewatch the movie and we mm. were in tears and just reminded about how um, God can just redeem and give purpose to lives that sometimes you just go wow is there there's so much brokenness and hurt and pain and uh that forgiveness as well as what god has led you both into in the last what would you say through 30 years that you guys have been doing this this work um it's pretty powerful so anyways thanks for making an impact in my 14 year old life and i think probably that's a huge reason why i'm sitting here today so we're going to just start crying. It's going to be a big cry fest. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> Wait, my, where are the invisible ninjas chopping onions? Because they're in this room already. Ugh. Okay. Tears are being wiped. But I, um, you know, reason why this podcast began is because there's a lot of folks out there who have a heart um, to combat the issue of sexual exploitation. And there's a lot of ways to combat. And there's awareness and education. There's actually being a part of the hope and healing process in a woman and girls and even boys' lives. We have to remember that boys Thank are you. targets too. Yep. And, um, and then there's the prayer aspect of, of things that people can just, you know, we, we interviewed the Kendrick brothers on this podcast who are the directors of War Room and just a great reminder that a lot of the combating takes place behind closed doors. But that being said, would love to um, just hear kind of where you began in this journey of um, all things possible and this uh, nonprofit, correct, that you guys started a few few years ago. Well, thank you for coming to visit us. Love Love being here. (laughs) And you're a rock star. With your training, you got right after it, and uh, including simulations training, shooting. I think y'all did some edge work. So, uh, I think your instructor is still looking, licking his wounds. So. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Just kidding. That's a Sorry, compliment. <laughs> that is a compliment. Yeah, you, you know, I think back where really the ministry was birthed was when I was a colleague of your dad's hmm. at Focus on the Family. Yeah. And um, I've always loved Bob and appreciated just his real, how to make things real, right? And um, and then also, he's a sheepdog because he does protect. 
he's always wanted to protect the youth from the wiles of the wicked one. And so that's when it started. And, you know, we first started reaching kids who were incarcerated uh, because reaching trouble, abused and hurting youth, that was the most uh, dense population we could find. And in really many of the extreme cases. So uh, I remember, honey, we were at that girls' youth prison, and the warden, we asked him a question, and this was, I think, in Georgia. And we just asked the warden, said, out of all these girls here, what percentage do you think have been sexual abused? And he said, all of them. So oftentimes we, as Christians, see the negative behaviors that are a result of that. And uh, it's kind of funny. I just uh, applying for the Department of Justice because I do some things and whatnot. Uh, there's a background check. And something popped up out of my history as a teenager that I literally just yesterday had to. It was a disorderly conduct. <laughs> what I, did you do, Victor? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And I had to write this letter. To give an explanation of the arrest and whatnot. And I said, you know, I was a young, hurting teenager who was disrespectful. The rest was deserved. Spent the night in jail. And, uh, you know, <laughs> things got a little, little crazy because I'd actually just recently broken up with another police officer's daughter. Oh, yeah. Oh. And this was a small town, and all of a sudden they had me in a jail cell. So, uh, if anybody's listening back there in Jasper, Texas, it was deserved, okay? <laughs> Everything I got was deserved. But I, yeah. You might as well do it now. I <laughs> have many times, but if they're listening again, my sincerest apologies. <laughs> but, you know, I ended the letter to go, it's amazing of God's goodness and grace to take someone who was so hurting and to do what he's done in my life to now helping others who have suffered physical, sexual abuse. And for your listeners who don't know, to put it in context, uh, my mother was married 17. Um, excuse me. My mother was married six times. I went to 14 schools, lived in 17 different houses. But, um, the, you know, during the course of that time as a young child, I was abused sexually, physically, and uh, it was uh, it was bad, and I was left in a cooler to die, ultimately. Um, so I ended up having to have 123 visits to a trauma specialist to try to rearrange my brain because it was so fractured. And um, I've been on Tepico, Tepikin, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium, Buspar, all these medications, and in and out of care. Uh, and I'm just I'm here to tell people that God made us to heal. And regardless of your background and hurt and pain, you always ought to forgive those who've done you wrong. And forgiving them, you know, just let's, let's put in the definition. Forgiveness is giving up my right to hurt someone back for hurting me. Mm, wow. I believe in justice. Yeah. Ask ISIS. Yeah. We were able to see a lot of justice to some of the evil that they've done uh, in our work over there. but. I, our big deal, and you said it, is we just love helping people. We love seeing people be free, even as Christians, uh, people who aren't believers. We still want them free, and ultimately our desire is for them to know the Lord. But it's a, it's a pretty fallen world we live in, and sexuality, uh, I joke plenty about it. You've been here enough. I mean, we're I'm always cutting up. Um, 
because it is so horrible out there that, um, you know, I'd like to just keep light of it. But the people who we deal with often, whether children or uh, who, you know, pedophiles after or girls who've been held captive by ISIS or young girls and boys who've been, you know, trafficked and pimped in different parts of the world, Cambodia, Syria, whatever, whatever it is, we do have a desire to help them. And we're thankful for the thousands of people who pray for us and, of course, support uh, the nonprofit. So, yeah, it, that's really how I got started. And, and if it wasn't for a supportive wife, because our key, our little slogan, our personal saying is, you know, as couples, you have to fight back to back, not nose to nose. I love that. I remember you guys sharing that fighting that fighting back to back. And I feel like in this day and age, and uh, it's easy to fight. You're fighting each other and you have to be on the same team. And that's something that I've learned. You know, a lot of the listeners know my story, but uh, yeah, it's that's important. You guys, 32 years, that's incredible. And I love just being here, even when you were in Hawaii and now here, I just love rubbing shoulders with y'all. And you have a very contagious marriage, you know, I'm like, if and when that happens again for me, I hope to uh, just apply some of the things I've seen in y'all's marriage and life. And I know it's not perfect, but um, so, okay, incarcerated children. Obviously, now you're seeing that many, especially the girls who are incarcerated, have been victims of uh, sexual assault. Uh, then, you know, you mentioned Cambodia, you've mentioned Syria. So it kind of seems like a bit of a leap to go from incarcerated kids domestically to now you're working internationally. So how how did that leap take place? Did it fall in y'all's lap? Were you knocking on doors? No, no, this is not something we looked for. Um, sure. who, who in the right mind? Um, I think because of the work that we've done with kids who are incarcerated and, and seeing the connection of the trauma that they've experienced and then their behavior, a lot of that wasn't being addressed, just the behavior. So, um, really after seeing and walking through Victor's trauma and him being able to process all of it because it just doesn't go away. People, if they're abused as a child, they grow old and it stays in their soul. And then there's things they have to work out, PTSD. So we we really were in this realm for eight or nine years. And then because of the work we've done with trauma, we've made two films on trauma, what military people experience, and then what uh, the civilian experience. It's not just military. So um, I think we, we became known for trauma and dealing with trauma. So. Interesting, uh, the Kurdistan government contacted us. This was in 2000, the end of 2014, when ISIS had gone through the town of Sinjar in northern Iraq, and their target were a group of people called Yazidis. So these are beautiful women. They all, they look European, blonde hair, brown hair, blue eyes, green eyes. So they're not the typical Iraqi looking. They're different. So, and they have their own religion. So ISIS, they targeted these young women. They went through the towns. They kidnapped the women. So we were contacted um, late December of 2014 asking, can we bring a team over? Because these young women that were captured were now freed, but many were taking their lives because wow. of the trauma. Yeah. They were reliving it. And, and, and I'm telling you, I went there. I was not prepared to hear 
what these young women went through. They could have been my daughters. And I mean, it still, it still affects me because I just can't picture another human being doing things to another human being for that. So that's how we initially got over to Iraq. We were invited. And, and, and I'll tell you, Kelsey, I actually looked for other organizations. Oh, really? To other organizations who had the means to get over there. Nothing. Crickets. And, and I don't blame them, right? Who wants to go to ISIS territory? And so, but we just felt like God said, go. We took a small team and, um, God just opened the doors and we've been in and out ever since. Is this the same trip that you were sharing that God told you to bring bubbles? No. Okay. That's a different yeah, that's trip. A, this was, that was our fourth time in. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to, I always love that where that was almost a point of contention for you guys, but God ended up using this simple small, bubbles. simple thing of bubbles to start to open some doors that uh, wouldn't have been opened otherwise. So how many times have you guys been to Iraq and Syria? Um, Victor's been, uh, I think 10 or 11. I, I went in four times. Okay. And then did you bring the family? You brought your kids? Yeah. And that's when we wow. brought the bubbles. Okay, that's the, <laughs> the ch- yes, because bubbles are universal. Yeah, children, right? It's all ages. So that was definitely the Lord told me go to Dollar Tree store and grab a bunch of bubbles, and we did that. Wow, that's amazing. I guess Eileen, for you, um, the idea of what you guys are doing here of empowering folks to be confident, to be equipped. Um, not just mentally, spiritually, but physically equipped that, you know, I did a self-defense class and I think about the times that I've done little self-defense courses. I don't lead them. I usually organize them with little 10 to 12 year old girls. Um, I think that's kind of sometimes a, a missed thing. We don't think about that's a way to empower and even, um, kind of protect against sexual exploitation. So. Could you describe a little bit more about what you guys do here? Because it's not just about girls and women out of sex trafficking. You do a lot more here at the All Things Possible Ministries. But what what goes on here and why has it been important for y'all? Wow. Well, yes, this training center, it's brand new. Okay. So we... um, Used to be your house. It was. (laughs) Yes, it is. And it's, it actually fits more of a ministry than it does our home because mm. of everything we have here. So we have a training center and you went in there. That's where a lot of the hand-to-hand combat self-defense techniques are taught. You have a gun range, uh, shooting range. We have um, axe throwing. We have simulation, uh, situational awareness to kind of get your mind prepared. You took, you took it, right? Yep, you, you're, I did. You're presented with a screen that has a scenario and you're looking for the bad guy and you... It's testing, it's teaching your brain to shoot or not shoot. So it's, again, situational awareness, which I think for children is, it's critical because of the world we live in. There are abductions. There are people who are looking for children to lure. They groom them. And it's, it's all with the end purpose of to exploit them, mm-hmm. to traffic them. And it's, we live in a different world today. It's, I mean, I'm a mother of five. I have three girls and all of our girls know self-defense. So we're always talking to them about situation. What would you do if this happened? What would you do if this happened? And we have to have conversations like that. Yeah. Because if we're not telling them who's going to prepare their mind mentally, physically, that, that, 
that scares me. The thought of that just, I can't go there in my mind. Mm. So we do, we do all kinds of groups. Um, we have just men and then we have men's and sons and we have women and then we'll have moms and daughters and then we have couples and, um, you know, corporate groups. It's, it's limitless the amount of people and the kinds of people and the purpose for this training center. Yeah. Oh, I love, 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 love um, what you do here. Next question I have, um, I'm probably going to be jumping all over the place, but hopefully our listeners can bear with me. You guys did some work in Cambodia. Still doing work? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, there is a specific girl story. Can you, that has just been tremendously impacted by your ministry and what, what God has allowed you to do. I know you guys are consider yourself just vessels. Can you share a little bit more about her? And, um, yeah, Nora, Nora is this orphan, beautiful orphan girl who was being groomed and actually abused by a man for several years. And, uh, she's the oldest of, I think five children, both of her parents or dad, she was working in a factory and this man, actually she had found someone she wanted to marry. This is the background story. Okay. So she went to this man to say, you know, I, I want to be free. Yeah. And uh, he, he was not happy. So when he met with her, his intentions were to kill her. Um, he, he raped her. He poured battery acid on her. He uh, cut off her hand and tried to cut her other hand off. And left her to die. And God, of course, has a final word in that. And he did. He saved her and allowed her to get up. She, I mean, her story is incredible because she's got acid on her eyes, but she could see a light. Wow. And a light that almost moved to help her to get out of where she was and brought her to someone's house. And then they brought her to a wow. hospital. So it's just like, this is such the hand of God over her life. So we we found out about this and provided the medical attention that she needed and uh, brought her to the safe house because we work with um, uh, House of Refuge is, is a partner relationship we have with them. So she was brought to this home, a bunch of girls. I mean, you know, what the enemy means for evil, God always turns for good. This young woman um, found Jesus, now is teaching Bible studies, you know, she has a prosthetic for her hand, but her life has changed. She just said, and that experience she had with the light, she now knows it was the Lord saving her. So she represents, sadly, so many children that are orphaned that nobody cares about. Nobody, because they're just a number. So, but this particular one, God had his hand on her. And uh, actually, her perpetrator has been found. Wow! And he will the justice. He, he will justice. Is there, is there justice? Justice will be served. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's promising. That's- that was so for her too. I think when she found out that he was caught, she just wept. Can you imagine the freedom to know he will never be able to torment her or cause fear in her life? Always wondering the what if. What if, so? There, there are good stories here on earth. I'm very happy to, and Nora, she's actually out here. We were actually shooting together on the what? range. So, oh my God. Yes. How special is yes. that? Yes. She, I mean, you talk about empowerment. Yeah. It is something that um, 
it, it isn't talked about enough. It's not, um, it's not an opportunity and we need to make it an opportunity. Yeah. I think same thing. Young women want to learn how to drive. Well, you know what? You should learn how to defend yourself first. Mm. You're going to be out by yourself. You're going to be in situations. Do you know what to do? You're just saying you're a mom of a 16 year old that yes. you get nervous with her I just do. being on the road in this day and age. I it's do. A, yeah. And I tell her, be careful. Don't, don't walk in the parking lot. Look at your phone. Don't get caught off guard. It's all these things we have to, even as grown women, we have to be aware of our surroundings. So that's part of the awareness. I know. I love the four A's. I'll, I'll, I'm sh- sure people pr- can probably go to your website, but it's the awareness, the assessment, um, the, what's your, avoid and then action. Yes. And uh, all of that is just kind of the levels of in which you engage in self-defense. And um, I thought, wow, those are, I'm really going to put those to memory. Hopefully I'll never be in a situation. But as I, unfortunately, I feel like this world's getting a little darker, uh, that equip, being equipped is a good thing and equipping our, our sons and our daughters. Um, you know, I was telling your instructor, I don't ever want to use this. Right. I, I don't, I'm a peaceful person. I, I don't like violence. I don't want to hurt anyone. Um, but those people who want to potentially hurt me, they're not going to feel that same way. And so just knowing how to just defend and protect yourself Absolutely. is huge. Going one more question. And I think we're out almost out of time. Um, but walking with someone who's experienced like the Nora, even like your husband, who's experienced trauma in ways that none of us can relate to. Um, you know, Victor mentioned a fractured brain and I don't think many of us know what that means, but how does someone come alongside another person and help walk with them or help them walk through their trauma? Is that, is, I don't know if you can understand that question. Yes, I've lived with it and I know God put me into my husband's life because he knew what Victor was going to go through. Mm -hmm. And I think understanding, and and this has been a lifetime with Victor, understanding that when someone is traumatized, especially sexually as a child, it does something to their brain that it injures it. And it's not like a broken arm where it gets set and then it heals. It's hidden and there's so much shame attached to it. Mm -hmm. And they children grown to adults, I know they carry that shame like it it was something about them. Mm. Or, you know, there's no way they could have avoided it. But the mental torment that is attached to that, I think, needs to be understood. Because when people are traumatized, they have sometimes erratic behavior. Mm -hmm. People don't get it. They just go, uh, you know, she's a little off. He's a little off. And and you know what they should be. Yeah. Because they've been traumatized. And if it's, they've never been healed, they haven't gone through the process, they're going to have this infection. Mm-hmm. So for me, walking with Victor, it's knowing the first thing is I know this is tormenting for them. Mm-hmm. They don't wake up every day and go, oh, I'm so glad I, I have an opportunity to act bizarre today right? or to uh, mistrust people today or whatever it is. Yeah. It's not something that they go sign up for. It's right. It's who they are. So there is healing though. And I think as a spouse, I'll speak from a spouse position. I think we have a very powerful position because of the love and the the trust that a spouse needs Mm -hmm. to know that they're safe. 
they can process this without looking down, without being judged, without being accused, without ever bringing it back up in their face again. Mm. So, um, or if it's a child, I mean, we, we've spent so much time in the youth prisons and so many of them are sexually abused mm. and looking past a behavior. I mean, they're, you know, they're a soul, they're a precious soul that God loves and he wants to heal them. Isaiah 61, he came to heal the brokenhearted. I think when people can, get to that point, healing can begin. And um, for a friend or a spouse or a sibling or anyone who would understand the role that they can play in their life, it's huge. Wow. I, that's, a, that's a big calling, but it's exciting to just know that there is that hope and there is that healing. Um, if I could put it kind of put it in my words, what you were saying, is it kind of like putting yourself in their shoes? Like you said, like it, where you have that compassion and that understanding of like, this is not what they chose and to uh, just be fully love in their life and man, to not accuse and judge. I, I think I can fall uh, short in, in that area in, in my life. Uh, it's so easy for us to accuse and judge or assume or whatever. Well, and, and we do that because we don't understand. Yeah. We're afraid maybe. And I know we talked about the churches. I know for, you know, Victor's early in our marriage, pastors didn't know what to do Yeah, because it's PTSD, but that's not a Christian term. It's a secular term. Mm. And it's like, we're not supposed to have secular solutions or labels. It's like, well, when a soul is hurt, it yeah. is, it's, it's post-trauma. Yeah. It's so, and yes, the word of God, I believe is our greatest. Yeah. But we also need people with skin on to help us walk through this. Absolutely. And, and be on our side. And I know for Victor, it was an issue of trust, but also that I wasn't going to leave him. Even when his behavior was bizarre, it was, it was part of the healing. Yeah. And 32 years of marriage. 32 years of marriage, five kids, three grandkids, one on the way. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, we, God doesn't tell us what is ahead of us. Yeah. Right. He just, he strengthens us. We grow, we grow up, we mature together. And oh my goodness, we could have, we yeah. could have said, I'm done. Yeah. Both of us. And I'm glad. Were there times that you wanted to? Oh, yes. Yeah. We were separated twice. Wow. And because of a lot of his behavior, I mean, he was diagnosed with bipolar. Okay. Because he was, you know, his trauma was surfacing. That he had tried to push down so far, it would pop up. He calls it a beach ball. Mm. So these these outbursts, it was bizarre. It wasn't it wasn't safe for our children at this time. We three little ones. Yeah. And um, because your loved ones don't want you to suffer, they I had family members say, Eileen, it's probably better if you guys divorce. And I knew that wasn't the answer. I didn't know what was going on, but as a believer. Yeah. We have God who, who we, we can run to. We don't have to understand everything, but we can trust him. And he showed us what he, he's there. He's mm -hmm. gonna, he's, he, he's, I know what's happening down there, but trust me. And he got us through. And because of it, look at, look at our testimony. I mean, it's like, I, I just wrote a book and I know marriage is hard. And I know there are many reasons why people divorce. I know that there are some that, it's just not going to, it's not going to work. Right. Especially if there's any kind of abuse or it's like, there are times. Yeah. We don't have to suffer through craziness. So, but when you can overcome it, you 
you can show off what God can do. And mm-hmm. God has showed off in our, in our marriage. I love that. It's, um, gosh, so many things that he does in our life. It's not, not because of us. It's for his namesake. It's for his and, glory. And, uh, it's for his glory. And, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, it's powerful. Um, guys, thank you. So what is your book called, by the way, for those that are like, ah, they want more. And I know you just had just launched it when you yes. came to breakfast in Hawaii. Yes. It's called Imperfectly One. Mm. And it, it's really, it's our story. And, um, I really wrote it because I have talked to so many people who struggle in their marriage. Yeah. And I know it's part of it. Yeah. And I just, I share a lot of our stories, our struggles, our victories, and, um, what God is able to do if you have two committed people. So. Yeah, imperfectly when it's actually on Amazon. Okay. Well, we'll put a link in our show notes to your ministry, to the book. Uh, to everything you guys are a part of. And, uh, just want to say, I guess any closing thoughts in whether you, know, you, Eileen or Victor of just leaving with our listeners. Um, I mean, what we just talked about was just incredible that you can really walk alongside a person experiencing trauma and, and, um, there is hope and there's healing. And, uh, that's whether it's a victim of sexual exploitation, whether it's someone who's experienced some horrible things in their past. And we even think of our, our veterans, you know, who have experienced, um, PTSD in ways that again, we can't understand and just that unconditional love and understanding that and the patience, I'm sure too, in the journey. Um, but for a listener, um, any words of advice that you could give to them as they are walking their own journey? A lot of the Talking Story podcast is giving people tools to use their lives to make a difference in others' lives. They're not going to be the duplicates of the Marx family. We understand that everyone's called on their own journey, although we would love more Marx families out there, not going to lie. Um, but just this understanding that our lives are not meant to be our own. What would you say about that, Victor? You know, because I would say that there are most people, especially as they get older, they're looking for purpose, right, and mission. And the sex exploitation world, especially when it comes down for children, that 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 hits us all on the heart. Whether you're, it doesn't matter what side, politically, religiously, yeah, that's just we know. And I would say this: Jesus came to this earth with the greatest purpose, and that was to destroy the works of darkness. So he has the purpose, and and everybody listening, you just need to get in sync with him. It says we can't bear fruit, right, unless we're part of the vine, you know, or the branches, but he is the vine. And and I just say we all want purpose and value for our life just you're uniquely made and qualified to run in a lane that's specific to you. And like we've taken people on certain journeys with us and either on the way there or before we got there <laughs> or after we got there, we all realized you should not be on this <laughs> trip. You should yeah. not be engaging at this level. So um, I would just say there's no there's no greater value in what we do for the Lord. Uh, as long as we're being obedient to him. Yeah. What do you want me to do, God? And so that's on that note. We all have our, I tell men, you have your own kingdom because I speak to men a lot, right? And you're the one that God's put in charge of it. Your circle of influence and 
and it starts with your family and then widens from there. But be who God made you to be there. Don't be looking at all everybody else. And honestly, the counter sex trafficking and, and the just, you know, sex trafficking, it's become a chic thing uh, in the church and it will pass and it will pass. And oftentimes all that happens is people feel better. Um, their, their conscious is a little bit eased, but the actual issue and the problem and pushing back forces of darkness destroying really nothing's been done mm. by big campaigns, by a lot of money, maybe change hands, but it really didn't go. The time and effort and resources didn't go to make a difference. And, and I just tell people those are kind of man oriented. I feel better. You know, I feel better versus God. What would you have me do? And then I'm going to say something that um, maybe you've never heard of most people. The best place to stop sex trafficking is in your own home. For girls growing up, I once heard a pimp say, we want to thank all the stepdads and dads out there. Because it's not... It's it's not the moment of like the taken abduction. I mean, our teams are the real deal. Our, you've you, met I've them, met them, right? Right. <laughs> they I mean, are these, the real deal. Uh, I would not mess with this <laughs> property at all. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, and I mean, we we even have females who are have been Delta operators. Wow, females, and of course males. And I mean, I'll I'll get a text from a. Uh, Dev Groove, still Team 6 guy who goes, hey, Victor, want to help? So a lot of people want to volunteer for us. And I say, we're pretty we, – we've, we've got a pretty good – where you want to start is with – let's just start with girls. That girls understand their value, who they are, their worth. So that it's not a guy that's going to throw them in a van. It's a boyfriend that's going to go, I love you. And get them to compromise or go against their own conscience, which then makes them feel less than. And or um, a mom who's divorced, who is so lonely, she compromises and brings a man into the house who ends up taking advantage of a daughter or a boy. We see it all the time. And, and you know, we're based here in Colorado Springs, and there's huge ministries here. I mean, we we literally had a mom here who, you know, works in a big ministry, and we're helping her daughter who, uh, you know, went to our daughter's school and all that, Christian family. The mother's divorced and would always blame the dad, always blame the dad, the ex, he, him, and we helped her financially. We did things. And then one day, our daughter was like, can I go spend the night? And we're very protective of our children. And I would tell all listeners, you should be. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, it's not an ISIS member that's going to wrap your child up and move them across the ocean. Right. It's people who you know that will take advantage, lower the the resistance, groom, and then a girl's going to really struggle the rest of her life apart from being healed. And God, this mom told us right up. The daughter said, well, my mom's not home tonight, but maybe you can still stay. I never forget. I mean, they were like, oh, where? She's in, so you and your brother are going to stay home? She goes, yeah. 
So we just said, oh, well, where's your mom going to be? And this is, you know, high school freshman at the time. She goes, well, twice a week, she drives down to a certain city and stays with her boyfriend. Wow. And then I think it was once a week, he comes up and stays in our house for the night. And we were stunned because we, this lady, you know, playing the victim and my husband, and I'm hurting and lonely. But then we find out the truth. Eileen, Eileen, when she pulled up, Eileen just said, is this true? She goes, yeah, and I know. I mean, I know I could do better. I mean, she's in ministry. Eileen is like, do better. You are absolutely in sin. It's wrong. Your daughter's going to pay a price because of your compromise. And then Eileen just goes, I hope every encounter with this man absolutely is the worst and you suffer. Wow. So that you turn back to God and repent. And I, I was like, that's love. Yeah. That's what real friends what do. Lo- that is what real friends do. Instead of We're going, missing oh, that. well. Oh, if that makes you happy. Yeah. Okay. And God, You're like. Do you love them? Who's going to suffer the consequences? Not just you, but the your kids. daughter. And, and guess what? If that's been that. a couple of years and that girl, the, the daughter fell off the rails. Wow. We still pray for her. So I tell people, start at home. Moms don't compromise. Dads, be a damn dad to your kids. Be there for your kids. Let your daughter know how much you love her. Let her know how much you value her and how how her worth sacrifice for her. And for your sons, teach them to be gentlemen. Teach them to be men. Impart into the masculinity. And if you yourself don't know it, then come out here to our training center. We'll equip you. And it's... It's no longer a game. It's no longer 20 years ago when Dr. Dobson was talking about we're in a culture war. We've lost the culture war. Now it's a full-on raging battle. And so that's why I appreciate Doc so much. And as a matter of fact, him and Shirley, they came out here to training center. What? Dr. Dobson was out here? Yeah. He goes, hey, could y'all teach Shirley? Yeah. Could you teach Miss Shirley how to shoot? And Eileen actually... Right at our range here, taught her how to shoot a handgun. He's on our schedule for a podcast. So when we talk to Dr. Dobson, I'll be like, so I heard. That would so be great. And they are both shooters. What? We, we, we were shocked. The little things that we don't oh, know. Man. Okay. Wow. Warriors. But that's so, yeah. such wisdom. Eileen, you were going to say something. Um, yes. And it was about the, um, as Christians, we're so afraid not to offend people. That we won't speak into someone's life for that when we could actually, yes, we might offend them, but we may also turn somebody from going the wrong way. And we're not here to worry if we're offending people. We're called to love people and uh, help people walk the way that God wants them to walk. And the other thing is, as parents, when we blow it, and we will blow it, when we apologize to our children... Our children are forgiving when we can humble ourselves to go, you know what? I haven't been here for you. I haven't been a good mom. I haven't been a good dad, but I want to. I want to learn how to do that. I think if we humble ourselves, our kids would embrace that. Mm. They need us. Yeah. They need us. And they learn from our mistakes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I recently blew it, you know, and because uh, I guess sometimes I can get high strung. And <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 14 trips overseas, 90 Just missions. Just because I've heard stories. That's yeah. the only reason it's, I can partake in that only, conversation. 
<laughs> stories. And I remember just telling my kids, hey, I'm sorry. Please forgive me because what, how I acted, how I blew a fuse, that's not God. That's not him as a father. That's me as an earthen dad who's flawed. So would y'all please forgive me? And, you know, they do. So thank you for being here. Thank you for coming out to the training center to visit us. Thank you, and You're guys. welcome anytime. Oh, I'll be back. Because we can, we always build on skill sets we impart. I'm right? ready. I'm you're, I'm going to be one of your best shooters here. That's so what I'm just, talking about. Just wait and see. Well, thanks, you guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.